Thank you for joining the ESBC Podcast Network. And once football season starts and really right after college basketball season, we go into and we analyze in detail political corruption, right? Local political corruption. Because if you don't get involved, politics will find you and get involved with you. We live in the greatest country in the world and freedom is not free. So if you don't participate in democracy, in capitalism, you're not doing your job as a citizen. And with the pandemic, the recession and social unrest, you can see how south things can go. I'm Josh Ambner, MBA, got three successful businesses. And what we do here is we give you information you do not get anywhere else. And to that end on Thursdays, we're gonna deviate from what we're doing. We'll get to George Navarro, but we have a special guest with us. California is the fifth largest economy in the world. And one of the largest counties, one of the larger counties in California, San Diego, California, uh, San Diego County and San Diego, which is nearby, is you know top 10, 15th city in the country. So we have a gentleman who's a, I hate using the word politician because he's kind of outside that kind of stereotype. But we have a, a very accomplished gentleman with us today that Mike Christianisi that's on with us every Thursday is going to introduce. Thank you, Mike Christianisi. Thank you, Josh. Ladies and gentlemen who are watching and listening, I'd like to introduce a very special friend and a good man for years I've known, County Supervisor in San Diego, Mr. Jim Desmond. And uh, Jim, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but you've accomplished a lot of careers in your young life. And maybe you can take just a minute and talk about from airline pilot to entrepreneur to mayor of San Marcos to now county supervisor, kind of catch us up on what's going on with Jim Desmond these last few years. <laughs> well, it's uh, been a roller coaster ride here for the last year, that's for sure. Uh, thanks, Mike. The, um, uh, happy to be here. It, uh, you're right, uh, the Navy brought me here to the San Diego region uh, many, many years ago. Uh, and I uh, met my beautiful wife here and uh, we raised our family uh, in San Marcos. And I was, as you mentioned, as an airline pilot for, for 33 years for a major carrier. And I got to fly all over the world and it was a, a great, beautiful career. Um, I started a tech company in the 90s. And um, uh, from that, I got involved in, in the local economic development, the chamber of commerce, kind of went up the ranks, uh, ran for city council, uh, ran for mayor for 12 years of the city of San Marcos, and then um, decided to take uh, what I learned in San Marcos and, and take it to the county and, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, try to make the county a better place like, like we did in San Marcos. And um, it's, I did recently retired though from the airlines. Um, I got a COVID exit. I retired a little bit early uh, because of uh, just a reduction in the amount of flying and things like that uh, going on there. And, and um, so, I actually went right before I started for the airlines, I actually went to San Diego State, got a degree in electrical engineering. And, and uh, so yeah, I like to keep busy. And uh, this new job has definitely kept me busy. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Three bags full. So I want to piggyback on one thing you said. Uh, you talked about this COVID-19 and you had to take an early retirement. And you were still very active as a pilot. You were still fully, you can do all the pilot duties. They just said, hey, Jim, we're going to cut back and blah, blah, 
and here's an opening, let's, uh, you want to call it quits? And you said, yes. And that was after what, 34, 35 years of pilot? Three years with the, uh, the airline. Um, even when I, when I was mayor, mayor is not really a full-time job. It, most people don't realize that, but uh, the city manager actually runs the day-to-day -day activities of a town, yeah. you, uh, except for the larger cities. So it's more of a part time. So I was still flying while I was, had that uh, mayor job. And then when I came over here to the county, I reduced the amount of flying I would do only to like two weekends a month. Uh, so, you know, I had it really bad. I had to go to Maui uh, on Saturday, come back. On so, uh, Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> somebody has to do that. But yeah, with COVID, it, it was actually, you know, it's kind of bittersweet leaving early, but um, yeah. well, they were going to have to lay off a lot of pilots. And so there was about 2,000 of us uh, at uh, work for Delta Airlines. 2,000 of us that took that kind of an early out and uh, handshake out, out the door so that if potentially the, they didn't have to lay off as, as many pilots. And so mm -hmm. there, uh, there was like 15,000 of us at Delta. And so 2,000 wasn't a huge number, but uh, it helped uh, help them get, you know, help, it helped them. I got out early and, and uh, other people got to keep their jobs. So it worked out, yeah. worked out well. So, so as far as uh, COVID-19, right? You, you were an entrepreneur, you've been in the private sector. So I know there's always a little bit of a clash between you just had that business experience mm -hmm. versus people who are lifers in government. How has that been now mitigating, now that we're in a panic situation? Now, if, I, I've been an entrepreneur uh, you know, for 20 years. I had a restaurant for $6,000 in rural Florida. And they said everybody was racist. Me as a dark Cuban, I sold it for eight hundred thousand uh, dollars six years later. And I say that because being an entrepreneur equals anxiety. So you've had experience as a pilot. Not every flight was perfect. <laughs> so now you're in a panic situation. You have all this experience, right? As an entrepreneur, and now you're dealing with career politicians in government. How has that been? How have you mitigated the situation? and give us an overview of businesses opening up back in San Diego. Well, you know, one of the things in business that I learned, you know, when I, I signed the front of the check, not always the back of the check. And, and right. you know, there's a lot of anxiety in businesses, you know, is this, is this client gonna pay me because I gotta make payroll or, exactly. you know, this money isn't coming in as, as best, you know, things don't always work out as well. And, and yeah. even in the airline business, you, you, what we did is, as a pilot, as a captain of a flight, I managed risk. And it's, that's the same yeah. thing entrepreneurs do is you manage risk, you take risk. I mean, get, just getting on an airplane is taking a risk, uh, but, right. but you have to manage that risk. And what I, what I've, I, I would always kind of say, I, you know, I came from the private sector. I'm not a career politician. I didn't, didn't do it that, that way. I just try to, you know, common sense, do what's right, right get the heck out of the way is, is kind of my philosophy with, with politics. But the, um, you know, it's all about managing risks. And, and when I do see some of my colleagues that all they, they've never really had a, a job in the private sector. And most, a lot of people have just, you know, worked for politicians and then they became one right. themselves. They're good people. And they, they, they've got a, a, a different perspective on things right. that, you know, nothing bad about them, but it's, it's uh, it, it is a different perspective. And I try to bring that, I, you know, I try to speak for the common man. I try, right. I, I try to be, Okay, how can we make this work? Here's here's what we've been, you know, here's the cards we've been dealt. How do we make the best of it? I tried with common sense, especially with COVID here, 
to make a balance between, okay, we got all the health information. We know who's most vulnerable. We know, how, we know what the precautions are, what we have to do to take them. But there's also an economic side. So it's not just the health side. It's also, we gotta keep the economy going so we can have the, have the money to provide to, to individuals who have need or have new needs now because of the virus. So we have to balance that out. And I took more of a you know, practical approach, I think, to businesses and the closures to saying, you know, we cannot, a lot of these businesses should be allowed to operate safely and have that opportunity. It wasn't fair. Businesses were being discriminated against because of their sectors and they should not, and they should have had the same opportunities as other businesses to operate safely. And many of them, 99.9% .9 of them were willing to do that, but they just weren't given the opportunity and they were penalized without data or facts. You know, right. What the governor had set up with his, his color-coded tier system. And it was really, I think, detrimental. And, and our numbers now here, you know, where we're sitting in mid-February, our numbers overall, our state, even though we were one of the tightest ones locked down, our numbers are just as bad, if not worse, than some other states that did allow their businesses and their economies to at least stay alive. So to me, you know, these lockdowns didn't work. We should have taken a more, you know, a, a, a common sense approach of allowing businesses to open up and be safe rather than, you know, you got to stay locked down. And, and, and now we've got all these people relying on government instead of being able to use any entrepreneurial skills that they had and that they and the investments that they made, you know, a lot of times their family fortunes down the drain. Right. You mentioned common sense, right? And uh, Mike Tristanisi and I always refer to that, but common sense isn't so common. And a good definition of common sense I've heard recently is uh, information that you don't have to have a college degree, right? And you mentioned the common sense, but we can all agree on. Uh, how's that approach are you going to take now on the, the commission where you're outnumbered, where for the first time in a long time, it's a more uh, liberal uh, commission and you're in, and you're the perfect guy for it from what I'm hearing, being able to sneak in a vote or two uh, for the people. Well, I'm, st I'm still gonna keep working on things. I'm still, you know, there's still other issues that, you know, need to be, you know, the, I'm glad the vaccination's here and the vaccine's there. And I know some people don't want the vaccine, that's fine. We're not gonna force people to take it, but you know, I. I I'm pushing for the, you know, the vaccines and making sure we do that. But, you know, there's still other issues. There's homeless issues. There's behavioral health issues. We've got issues with our jails and our courts. And, and there's still a lot of work that, you know, that can be done. And I'm going to, I'm going to focus on that. You know, we've, my district, I represent North County, which is Oceanside, Carlsbad, Rancho Santa Fe, Vista San Marcos, all the way out to Borrego. We've, our ag business, we, we're, we've got a huge ag business in North County, about a $2 billion a year you know, nurseries and plant growers and things like that. So we want to make sure they can thrive. We still have over 2,000 roads to take care of in the unincorporated area. We still, we still have other issues and other things I'm, I'm going to work on. It's just I have to take a different perspective, a little different angle, and, and, and try to get some of those things done. Um, so, you know, all is not lost, uh, but there's a whole new lens uh, or perspective that uh, we're looking through at the county now with the new board, uh, more of a social justice, social equity lens on just about every decision we make, you know, which in some cases is good, but you, you still got to do the practical things. You still got to 
you know, keep people safe. You still got to keep your roads and infrastructure. You still got to do, do other things uh, to, uh, um, you know, keep government running. Yeah. Right. You know, Jim, uh, Josh talked about owning a restaurant and I know the restaurant business in San Diego County, I mean, it was flourishing and that's what people come here from all over the world, not just for the beaches, but the restaurants, the, the tourism. What are we doing? What are you doing to try to get the restaurants back open? Well, I've been still advocating, you know, that we should allow these businesses to open up. It's it just, uh, unfortunately, the governors won't allow that to happen. And then the governor, you know, the state r rules over, over the county and, and, uh, you know, we, we've been pushing on, we've got a lot of people, a lot of, you know, that are willing to do the job and do it right. And in the next phase, you know, right now we're in purple. Okay, so purple, purple tier uh, is the is this color tier, and and quite frankly, there is no green color. The the best we can get is to yellow, and that's only at fifty percent capacity at some of these in, indoor uh, venues like restaurants and museums and things like that. You know, I'd I'd love to see us go to twenty five percent indoor capacity in in mm. restaurants, museums. I, I think that's a reasonable first step, first approach. Go to twenty five percent, and and. And then move in, and then if in three weeks things don't seem to get any worse, then we go to the fifty percent, seventy-five, and, and then on up. But unfortunately, we just haven't been given that opportunity. And there's been sectors that have just been devastated since day one here. I mean, the wedding industry yeah. still hasn't had a chance to open. You know, Legoland up here in North County mm -hmm. hasn't even opened its door once. Mm -hmm. uh, at least you know SeaWorld and the, and the zoos and Safari Park were able to open. So I'm going to keep pushing that we try to get to at least 25% indoors, uh, and and I went to I went to Arizona a couple of times in November and December, and I saw that how they had operated. They had allowed their restaurants to be open, and they were safe. Actually, more people there I I that I saw were taking safety precautions than in California. Hmm. Arizona treated their people like adults. California treated us like children, and therefore we acted like children. And in some cases, we, we, we weren't as respective, you know, with, with the masks or things like that. Mm -hmm. And so they went, they took it to a little further extreme as far as the safety precautions in Arizona and allowed their businesses to be open. So I'm going to continue to push to make sure we get to that next 25%. What's ridiculous, you know, the next tier is red from purple. So if we get to red, so to get there, we have to have less than seven people out of every 100,000 testing positive in San Diego County. Right now we're at about 30, 30 to 40 people testing positive out of 100,000. And when you think of that, it's, it's actually a fairly small number. The Rose Bowl, the, the Rose Bowl where they have the, you know, the Rose uh, football, the games. Yeah. It, it, its capacity is about 90,000, 90,000, just over 90,000 people. So if you fill that with people, you could have only six people out of that stadium, full stadium testing right. positive. That's right. what we have to get to, to get to 25% indoor capacity. It's just, and then to get to the next tier, which is orange, I think you have less than four. And then the yellow is, I don't know, whatever, less than one or something like that. No. Just as ridiculous as what's, the way we're set up here. We're, we're, set, we're set up for failure uh, for our economy the way this color tier system is. Yeah. Is, are you getting allies to help you? In, I can hear your passion. I can hear your compassion. Are you getting people to jump on board and say, Jim, you know, that makes perfect sense. That is common sense. Is that happening? <laughs> board of supervisors. Uh, you know, there's, there's one other, you know, I have another colleague that I'm on board, but 
three of my colleagues right now, they, they're pretty much in lockstep with the governor and they don't wanna do anything against the governor. I, I've even made motions that we should only enforce the health uh, as in safety precautions. Right. Right. Of that, not the closures. If the state wants them closed, let the state come in and close them. Uh, but we should not be doing those that enforcement. And unfortunately, I didn't. I didn't get. Uh, uh, maybe I did get a second on that one. But it, I just couldn't get the rest of the board to uh, get on. Get on to to be a part of that that action. So unfortunately, even after this last election, it uh, uh, we uh, you know we still we still have people that just want to follow the governor's orders to the to the letter and. And quite frankly, it's, I think it's devastating our economy. And it's particularly, you know, you mentioned the uh, tourism sector, sector and the restaurant. And most of the people that this is hurting are the poor people that everybody else that's, that, that, that wants, the, that are supporting the shutdown say they are trying to protect. It's the, it's the service industry, it's the hotel workers, it's, it's the people that would work, you know, worked in the restaurants, you know, they, they weren't always the highest paid. So, Unfortunately, this sector of our economy has just been devastated. Mm. And we've had people crying, calling into the meetings, crying yeah. because they want to be responsible. They want to pay their rent. They want to pay their bills. They just want the opportunity to go out and make money to do it. They don't want to be freeloaders on the system. They, yeah. they want to have the opportunity. So it, it, um, and unfortunately, that's where we are today. We still are. And, and uh, this governor's just dragging us. You know, we're just leaving a trail of, of, of broken businesses and, and uh, entrepreneurs who can't, um, you know, can't fulfill the, their dreams. Right. Now, here's a dangerous question from a citizen to a politician. Okay, listen carefully. Right. <laughs> so, so what can we do? Is there something we can do as citizens? I know I'm making phone calls. I'm dropping emails. I'm trying to meet with people. What can we do to say, hey, people? You know, we're, we're dying here. We need to get back into, just what you said, Jim, the American people are workers. They want to work. They want to be productive. How can we, how can we support you in that? Well, you got to keep making noise. We got to keep knocking on that door. You know, it, it, there's people, you know, attending some of these rallies and, and, and building up the pressure. And the governor has, has moved to pressure. You know, remember at the very beginning he was going to close down all the beaches everywhere, and yeah, yeah, yeah. backed off on that. And then uh, there was another instance he was going to uh, close all the all the um, gun stores. Well, he backed off on that. And then he did yeah. move a couple of businesses sectors into the purple tier that used to be in red, and that was the barber shops and nail salons and and uh, yeah. hair salons and things like that. He moved those into the purple. So, and, and now there's, there's been a lot of noise. Uh, I, I don't want to call it noise because I want to be more respectful of that. Respectful of that. Activity. Uh, activity <laughs> toward getting uh, kids back out to play. Yeah. To compete, to compete right. on the and get out in, in a lot of these high school back schools. Yes. We have, we have, I, somebody sent me a list. It was like 25 teams that were of, from San Diego County were competing in Yuma over the weekend. Yeah. So you got all you, you got all these people driving now to Yuma and paying six hundred bucks a night at the hotel, at the Motel Six in Yuma or whatever. Where it was very uh, they were getting lots of lots of money for their hotel rooms in Yuma, Arizona. So we got people driving right. to compete out of state instead of being able to do it to here uh, here in state safe. Yeah, mm -hmm. I have a comment. I hit you with two questions. It's always bothering me 
for over a decade. But uh, you're going to love this study, and I'll send it to you, of, co- of high school football in the South uh, through 10 states in the South. And they had a lower transmission rate than the kids that stayed at home. So it's actually beneficial for you to go out and play high school football than having the kids stay at home. Yes, yes. Two things that bothered me actually for decades, right? Because I was in San Diego when Gary Templeton was the Ozzie Newsome and then Gary Templeton was a shortstop for the Padres. And out of the last 10 mayors of the city, San Diego, five of them are convicted felons, right? And poor Miss O'Donnell ended up homeless in Vegas, walking in the street with severe mental health. So those are the two questions I have. And I love people that get into public service like you that has their own money. You give me the impression that nobody can buy Jim Desmond, but those guys do come up to you. And I have you know, friends who are public elected officials high up there and they tell me the stories of the guys that come up to you. Uh, how do you handle those guys? And how do you see the people around you handling those guys? It's almost like a quid pro quo for all kinds of different things that come at you. And second, uh, something that I think you can find consensus on the board is ideas to deal with a homeless issue and really not with a pandemic. My wife's a psychotherapist and she worked for the Community Services Foundation in San Diego for many, many years. Uh, so she's very familiar with a mental health problem. And she's like, you know what? You have PTSD, right? You have PTSD of a home invasion. And I was able to take care of a home invasion in the South of Florida. In a way, people are telling me I could not take care of it now here in California, but that's a different issue. And she's like, the pandemic has given you trauma. It's not normal. So there's a lot of, and I had a very good conversation with uh, a guy who works really good in San Diego as well, rehabilitating inmates and getting them back into society. And he's saying that 80% of inmates are in there because of unresolved trauma. So what are your thoughts on both those things? Handling those guys, the quid pro quo, local political corruption guys, you know, the economists did a study, 115 countries, which ones were corrupt, which ones were not? They found that 100, all 115 mm-hmm. countries were corrupt. So how do you handle that from your standpoint? What's your philosophy on that? And uh, the homeless issue and mental health in San Diego County. Well, that's a lot, Josh. I'll tell you. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> Compartmentalize things. Um, the uh, the um, <laughs> okay on, on the quid pro quo stuff. You know, I have people that donate to my campaign, and and I you know sometimes they get upset with me because if I don't always vote, you know. Right. 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 But you know, I I just. I, I tell anybody who donates to my campaign, I tell them you have my ear, but so does everybody else. Right. right. I, I don't, you know, the people, I, I, I don't take bribes. I don't, I don't do any of that kind of stuff. And you're right. I, I've, I'm kind of, um, uh, I'm fine with who I am. I don't, I don't have to have this job. I don't have to, have, I, don't, I, I don't need it quite frankly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I volunteered for this and I have to remind right. Uh, some days like what i volunteer so um i i I come from the position of i do the right thing and then i go home and i sleep well so uh, i'm gonna do what's right even if it it doesn't make everybody happy i've already learned i can't make everybody happy and so 
Um, I, I don't, uh, this isn't, politics isn't my life. It's just, it's just something I kind of happened into primarily. People ask me how, to, how I got to where I am. I said, I started volunteering. You know, I started volunteering at my kids' school. I started volunteering at my kids' Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts. I started, I've, and I've, what I learned is the more you volunteer, the more responsibility people will give you. And so that's kind of how I got here. So I don't need this job. I don't need other people's money. I, I just, uh, I, I'm self and, and happy with where I am. Very refreshing to hear. Yes, yes it is. On the, on the mental health issue, you know, that is a, it's a huge issue here in San Diego County. It's in the whole state. Uh, we've got this mental health issue. And um, I was on a phone actually with, you know, some people today that were very upset about the number of um, deaths we have in our San Diego County jails. And, and we do have more than I would like to see. We have a, a lot of it. But what's happened is our jails have become the provider of mental health issues, uh, mental health treatment, and, and the de facto you know, space where most of our people that have mental health issues end up. And that's where they're getting their treatment. We don't have, you know, when I grew up many moons ago, there used to be mental hospitals or, or places where right. you know they could where that care and right. treatment and they, they unfortunately be kind of came of a became sort of a dumping ground for for issues and, and mm -hmm. were not well maintained and people weren't treated properly. But uh, we now the state of California is is letting out more and more inmates and more and more people that you know that didn't have violent crimes, you know, a lot of them drug related and things like that. Well, they're letting them out of jails, but they're letting them out of, onto our streets and they, they, without any resources, without any housing, without, without, you know, any ways, you know, to cope and deal with life. So they end up being homeless on our streets. And, and then if a lot of them have mental Ill, illness and they deal with that with drugs and alcohol. Right. And so it's kind of a, a vicious cycle that we're in here. And then, we don't have the housing to put them and we have shelters, but we don't have, and we have affordable housing, but most of them couldn't even afford affordable housing. So we have shelters, right. but we don't have that intermediate step or phase of, of housing to put them in right. to get, get them the help that they need. And so, and, and also what we have in place here in the state is that there's no real incentive for unfortunately these people that are that have mental health issues that are out in our streets they don't have to if they don't want help they can refuse it and there's nothing we can do about it i think there needs to be some sort of a threshold of mental incapacity that we should be able to take people and say you know either either you go to jail or you go to you know go to get help here or, or get in some programs at the county, we got lots of money for programs, but we don't have money for housing or to place some of these people in housing. And like I said, if they don't if they don't want to be there, they can just walk. Right. So we and yeah. nobody nobody wants a a facility that helps or deals with these people next to them. Even no, if, even 100%. if hundred percent. Yeah. So nobody wants that. And, and so we're, we're kind of right now, you know, the, there's an effort to maybe buy older motels or hotels that, you know, kind of gone to funk. Uh, but nobody wants those in, you know, that type of atmosphere, you know, in, in their neighborhoods. We're seeing a lot more drug overdose uh, here due to COVID, a lot more people dealing with the stress and anxiety. Uh, we, we've got about four times the rate of drug overdose that we had pre-COVID, post-COVID. Wow. So we 
in North County, I've been able to do quite a bit with mental health issues. When I was first elected, Tri-City Hospital up here had to look down their um, uh, the psychiatric beds and their crisis stabilization unit, which is only a 24-hour operating, or it's only, uh, it's, it's a different form of help, but it, it, as opposed to people going to an operate or an emergency room, they go to a crisis stabilization unit where they can get their meds, you know, stabilized and things like that, get a shower, you know, maybe get housing, things like that. They, they had closers down primarily because they had to suspend them primarily because of building and permitting type issues. Uh, so they closed that down. I got the county to give them, we got 17 million bucks for them to build new psychiatric facility. Uh, we also got a crisis stabilization units opened up at Vista and in Oceanside and also in, in Escondido. Um, and so we, um, in what these These are crisis, crisis houses? Pardon me? They're crisis houses? Well, they're crisis stabilization units. Okay, what it means is- Yeah, because my wife worked at one of those, so thank you. My wife was employed based on your work, so I appreciate you very much. She called it a crisis house, especially the one in Oceanside, yeah. Families can take their, I've gotten many calls from families as, look, I got a son, I got a daughter, I got I got somebody, they're strung out on drugs, or they're, you know, place apart, they're having an episode. Where can we take them? In the ER, emergency rooms, they're more for if you're bleeding really bad. Right. Or you're shot, or you got, you know, that's what emergency rooms, they don't have the mental health um, yeah. capability on hand all the time. So these crisis stabilization units are, are community places where families can take somebody and try to get them back on, on a healthy path. And, and, if, and if, if they need to go to a psychiatric hospital, fine, they do that. But it's even for, for family members that, like I said, I, I had gotten calls and it, families I knew that had somebody that they just couldn't handle anymore. Right. And, what would it like? and so these are the places that where that can, it's opposed to them being homeless, you know, going out in the streets. So I, we've done some good work here in North County. Yep. Matter of fact, we've been more in North County than other sectors of, or parts of the, uh, of the county here and, uh, um, and getting some of these mental health issues. But it's a cycle that, that we're stuck in right now because of housing yep. and the state providing the, uh, the resources or the programs for these people once they let them out of jail and then they're in our streets and then they can just refuse help is not- um, Not healthy. Not healthy. Not healthy, and uh, we'll put in the episodes notes, and uh, we'll, uh, Mike, Chris, and Nisi, and I will do a, a, a write-up, giving a lot of background and context to a lot of of what uh, board member Mr. Desmond has talked about. We've gained a lot of insight. We have a lot of politicians up to a congressman who listens to the podcast, so this is educational for everybody around the country, yeah. and especially here in Southern California. And our huge audience in San Diego. And we appreciate your time. This has been great. Uh, learned a lot. Uh, and we appreciate your time because you know you're busy. I'll close with this. What's the next thing you're going to put on the agenda for yeah. the board, board of Supervisors? Well, we, got so, we have several. Uh, one, uh, <laughs> This isn't as sexy as all, all the other ones. Is is uh, for clearing along evacuation routes in the unincorporated area for the fires. Uh, yeah. We uh, the fires are still a huge threat in San Diego yeah. County. So yeah. I'm a streets, roads, infrastructure kind of guy, and and so we're going to be putting forward uh, that effort uh, for the um, uh, you know to, to make sure we we have the clearing along, along either side. 
it's not as sexy as when we just, you know, right. the nation unit, we just push for that, that, you know, it, 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 those things are on board. One of the other things that's coming up forward is um, that I partnered with uh, Summer Stefan. Well, it's mostly her, but we, uh, I helped her with it a little bit in San Marcos, a um, uh, family justice center where basically this is a place where battered women or people, women have been abused, <laughs> kids, they've been thrown out of the house. Where right. do they go? So this is going to be a kind of a one-stop shop for them to get restraint, uh, for them to get housing, for them to get clothing, for them to get, you know, <laughs> and, and uh, physical, you know, um, healthcare and things like that in San Marcos. And so that, so that's forward yeah. here, but uh, I guess, the, you know, the, the clearing along the evacuation routes isn't as sexy as some of the other things, but that's one of the next things that we'll, well let, let me jump in on that, Jim, because you know Zell from California Tree Service. We talked about that just recently, about the whole clearing thing. And I said to him, have you talked to Jim Desmond? You know, Mike, I haven't told you. So I said, well, it's funny you mentioned that because we're going to be talking to him and you brought it up. And I know that you had talked with him and the boys about that kind of thing what what uh what could private businesses do to help facilitate that hopefully they if we you know mandate this this clearing on certain types of roads that we know that are the evacuation routes because we kind of you know the fire department fires knows if the winds are blowing santa Ana's, what where they're what canyons are they're going to be affected areas and things like that and then we've got to make sure we have the clear enough clearing on either side of the roads so that for evacuations, people are, you know, the evacuations can be handled safer and, and there's yeah. a threat. So those, so I, hopefully, you know, those contracts, you know, some of those, the Cal Fire will do themselves, but some of them also will be contracts that are hopefully going out to residents and businesses that, uh, you know, that, that, that do those, that type of work and, and, okay. you know, yeah. we, Zell and other people that are in those business areas that put you know, go forward with that. So, but I right. want to say thank you very much. I, I invite people to, if you have questions on anything with COVID or, or even things that aren't in my district, we can get you to the right person to, you know, to hopefully either help you resolve your issue or if we can't help you understand why we can't. But uh, one of the things my, I, I pride myself in is people call our office, we get back to them. And wow. there's 18,000 that work at the county, 18,000 employees. One of them should be able to solve, solve your problem. We'll get to wow, that. we gotta go into the middle of the streets in San Diego and everywhere. What an asset they have in Jim Desmond. Two things right there. He gets ahead of the problem instead That's of reacting to the problem after it happens, right? And you know what, he follows up with you. Oh my God, and, and you need that in government where you have people reactive, reacting. And what we'll do is we'll make sure that in the episode notes, and on the website and everywhere, we'll make sure you have the contact information for Jim uh, Desmond. Put my, email, my county email up there and, and phone number. And, and uh, I got a great staff of people, that, nine people that were very reactive to, uh, to uh, calls and, and uh, emails. And we'll uh, help you. Sometimes we can't help, always help you, but uh, we'll let, at least you'll understand why, hopefully. Oh, right. yeah. That is so yeah. awesome. That is so awesome. So, uh, Mike, Chris, you, you got something before we close? Yeah, I was just going to say, Jim, uh, first of all, thank you for what I call speaking the King's English. I mean, you're a guy, you're a blue collar guy. I'm a blue collar guy from Flint, Michigan. Talk to politicians a lot of times. It's like, what did he just say? Did he say yes or no? I'm not. And I don't ever, every time I've talked to you, I've always gotten yes, no, up, down, left, right. So thank you for being straight up. And number two, thanks for taking this time to share with us and with the listeners and viewers, because 
a lot of people need to know that you are a resource. You are an asset. You are the kind of guy that says, hey, here's a parade. Let's jump in front of it, okay? Let's not get behind the horses. That's not a place to be. So I'll say thank you. And uh, we're going to do this again. We're going to do some follow-up. And I'll be talking to Miles and others. So thank you, Jim, for coming on board. All right, John. Yeah, how refreshing. No over generalities and no cliches. <laughs> yeah. We, we always close to Winston Churchill. You make a living from your labor, right? You got us through World War II, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESPC Podcast Network. That's why this one If you haven't heard of Anchor, it is free. It's a podcast that I use, <clears throat> and they really do a good job for us here at the GFSN betting and team report podcast. It helps us make 70 to 80% of your bets. Now, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started, my brothers. I'm the best there is.